It's amazing to be back in Potsdam. I was, I was made at Woodstock Village and born in Potsdam General. So yeah, so here I am again, and it's great to be here, although I do remember more snow um, as a little kid walking to St. Lawrence, and that uh, stays with me. And I do remember the presence of God in this church as a young boy. And that's what keeps me going back to Jesus, is the, his presence, his love that I sensed as a, a wee little lad back in the day. And thank you for being Ascending Church, for praying for Autumn and I. We actually get your newsletter way over there in Yakville at 11,000 feet. So I know what's going on way over there on the other side of the planet. And so it's so good to be here this morning because you might not be able to go over to 11,000 feet in the Himalaya in Yakville, but your prayers and your finances are making the impossible possible in that region. And so I am your representative over there. I don't see it as Andy and Autumn and our three guys thing over there. No, I am representing you guys doing the kingdom work on that side. All right? Is that okay? Can we have that arrangement? Yeah. It's, it's not easy. Uh, one guy said it like this. The, the stages of the work of God are like this impossible, difficult, and done, okay? And we're, we're kind of in between difficult and done where we're at, so keep, keep up the prayers, really appreciate it. And like that was said, my wife's not here because our three boys just in this season are transitioning from life overseas. They all grew up there. They're now 17, 18, and 21, grew up for the last 15 years over there, but uh, just starting college and that whole experience of getting a job and getting on the grid, and they're like, well, Dad, um, I'm technically American, but I really don't know how this works. Where's the candy aisle? I have no idea, you know. It, uh, so we're, my wife is helping them in this stage over there in Michigan. That's where they're planning uh, kind of their first steps in this new journey. And uh, we appreciate your prayers in that, actually, because it is, it is a big adjustment uh, in, in that and we've been working, like I said, over at 11,000 feet for the last 15 years with an unreached people group. They don't have the privilege that we have this morning to come in and, and laugh and enjoy one another in the presence of God. The people that we work among, they've never heard who Jesus is. There's no churches. There's no Bible in their language. And there's just a couple scattered and very persecuted believers. But our hope is that as we hang in, and learn the heart language of this people, that we can translate God's word, his narrative, in a language that they can intimately understand and know. It's never been done before. If my wife and I press on in this, you know, leave those three boys and get back into Yakville and press on in the language, we'll be the first couple that ever learned this language of this people. And we're trusting that in the days to come we can translate God's message of hope into a language that they can understand and see the impossible done. Yeah, it's humbling, you know, coming in here. It's so rich. I'm pinching myself. I get to be with believers for the last five years. I haven't even been able to get with some of my foreign friends over there. So it's been, you know, you guys had a little bit of COVID. We've had about five, six years of not being able to hang out with our, our uh, pals that are like-minded. So just a, a brief update. There's been some... Uh, changes going on in our life. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned, we have kids that are moving from life over there to life over here. So we would really appreciate your prayers 
in that. We're going to be going back, hopefully. My flight just got canceled yesterday over to that side, so I was working last night on it. But I'll find a way forward. We'll get over there. And uh, when we go over there, we'll be uh, Autumn and I. So it's going to be a, a bit of a challenge adjusting to a new life, but it'll be great because we can really give ourselves fully to the great work that is before us. One of the things that happened this last little season before I was here last was we moved our house. We raised our kids in this beautiful Yakville home, huge on the second floor, very cold, but uh, they needed to build a road to the national park that's past our house and up the road, and so the, the government said, we need half of your house. You can, you can have the, the other half, but we need to widen it, so we're going to cut it down, and so they, they took it down. The only thing that's left is the only western toilet in Yakville, our, our white porcelain toilet. If you're going out to the, the national park, you can see it, and uh, nobody uses it. The, the neighbors, they always go behind shrubs. Why would you use a toilet in your house? That's disgusting and gross. Go outside, leave it outside. But we had, we, I wanted to step it up for my wife and give her you know, a little something nice, and uh, so we, get, we got a toilet, and that's the only thing that's left. But we moved into a new village. And uh, I, I'm really happy for our new house and our new friends. We've been there about a year and a half. The last house, the last year I was there, we, I was able to capture 283 rats, okay, in one, in one year. The new home, only 16. So um, this is a move forward for me. I'm excited about that. Um, you know, it's kind of fun having a rat count, but when they're in your bed with you at night, you know, that's not awesome. You know, and that is a miracle that my wife would actually get into that bed after that, right? Ew, ew. I mean, I was almost like, this is nuts, but I got to show her. I got to man up for this. If she's willing to give that, I have to, you know. I, ha I, I cannot be outdone in this thing, but it did happen, but I got him. I pulled out my rat bat. He, he's long gone. 2.30 in the morning, the rat bat was found. It took me a while to stumble around and find it, but I did, and I got him. Uh, so we're in a new village. It's wonderful. We have a great family that we're living with. We live upstairs. They live downstairs. We can hear them at night. So, uh, you know, it's living together, learning intimately the culture, the language. We didn't know it, but the best storyteller and language person that we could ever imagine was this landlord's wife. God knew. Put us right there. I was looking all over the village, doing circles, taking all this time. God's like, boom, right under your nose. So we're really grateful for that. We're really grateful for that. COVID was a crazy season for everybody, even over there, 11,000 feet. I have a tour business to be in where we're, we're at. Uh, COVID came and the walls went up and no tourists. Okay, so uh, what do we do? Well, it's great. We are there not to do tours. We're not there to build business. We're there to build God's kingdom through sharing his word. And learning the language. you got to learn the language before you can share anything. So that's what we've been doing is when the thing really slowed down totally, God said, don't worry about your business. If you take care of my business, I will take care of your business. I'll say, okay, cool. And so we've been pressing in with language. And the, the neat thing is even though I got a lot of goose eggs on my spreadsheet, government's okay with that. They understand. There's, there's no tourism happening. I was like, you did this to me. You put up the walls. You don't want me dragging... Foreigners from all over bringing COVID all around Yakville. Oh, no, no, we don't want that. So, yeah. So I have a great excuse to go deep and learn the language and press on in the work. It's a crazy language. You know, they say that, you know, Chinese or Arabic is hard. 
this language has five tones, and it's a lot in the back of the throat, like Yoda, you know, so it's like, nah, uh, it's, it's crazy, you know, but uh, God loves these people. It's very beautiful in the natural, but very dark in the spiritual. That's why we're there, and that's why you're, you're coming with us. We're so grateful for it. We don't see how it can happen, but that's okay, because we actually prayed before we left. We said, God, we want to be serving in an area that is impossible unless you do a miracle, unless you do something. We don't want to be in an area that we can, you know, pull something off in our own efforts and our own energy. That was kind of a dumb prayer because I didn't know what, the, what that meant. I didn't know what I was getting up for. Uh, but we are so thankful because we have seen God meet us time after time after time when it was dark, when it was hopeless, when we didn't see a way out, God has provided. If you're feeling that this morning, don't know if you can handle it or not. You feel dark. Your soul's drying up. God is there for you. In the darkest of hours in my life, I have seen him show up. There's hope in him. And that's why I'm doing what I'm doing over there. So I could go on all day. and uh, Well, actually, I am. I'm, I have a, a four-part, four-hour sermon, and that's going to help us learn a little bit about the topic today, patience in suffering, okay? we Yeah, okay, see, okay, you're out, bye-bye. No, we're not going to do that. We're going to beat the Baptist to the Indian buffet, I promise you. We'll get there somehow. We've been going through James for several weeks, and I have an assignment to share with you this morning from the book of James. And so we can go right there this morning to James chapter 5. It's after Hebrews somewhere in there, but now you have apps, so you just click and you're there. Boom. You know, you don't have to turn pages anymore. So James 5, verse 7. Chapter 5 of James, verse 7. And I will, I'll read that here. Therefore, brothers, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, and it is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also must be patient. Strengthen your hearts, because the Lord's coming is near. Brothers, do not complain about one another, so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. Brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we count it as blessing those who have endured. You have heard of Job's endurance, and you have seen the outcome from the Lord. The Lord is very compassionate and merciful. The Lord is very passion, compassionate and merciful. I was really blessed today because I didn't have children in the car on my ride up from Utica, the three-hour drive, you know, but I did the last time. You know, how did I, I, I was wondering, how did I survive those years? Dad, how much longer till we get there? Are we almost there yet? How, how many, how many more McDonald's till we get there, you know? Do I have to pull over? You know, we, we never had a van many times over here. It was three guys in a bench seat in the back. Parents, don't do that to yourselves. Don't do it. Find a way to spread them out. But, but it was always like, ah, oh, he's, uh, uh. I didn't have to deal with it. It reminds me of my journey with Jesus. When am I going to get there? How much longer? How much longer, Jesus? This, is this almost over? How many more McDonald's till I get there? Are we almost there yet? Is this tricky season that I'm going through over? How much longer? James speaks to us this morning about that, and we 
in living in God's compassion and mercy can find the engine to stoke our endurance. He talks about it this morning. I'll start out with, with verse 7. Verse 7, is he's talking about the farmers. Let me go right over there. I can't find I, You know what? I borrowed my dad's Bible, and I have no idea where I'm at. Okay, there we are. Good deal. Therefore, brothers, be patient until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth and is patient with it until it receives the early and the late rain, rains. Patient, not knowing the final outcome. That's farmers. In April, in March, planting something, not knowing what's going to happen in October. On my ride up, I saw a lot of corn being harvested. Back in March, didn't know what the season would bring. Would it be dry? Would it be rainy? Would floods come? But you got to wait for it. A season, newsflash, takes a season. I hate that. I want a season to be where we live. It's like this. We have four seasons in a day. You wake up, it's cold. Afternoon, it's a little, little nicer. Afternoon, 4 o'clock, it's warm. Then it's getting cold again. I want it all to happen a season in one day. That sounds good enough for me, especially if I'm going through suffering. A season of suffering. Ah, eh, one day, I got this. Months, years, nah, thanks, pass. That's right, that's what I say. But you know, it's like I want miracle grow on the thing. We put that seed in, and we don't have patience for it. I don't know how these farmers do it. I, if, I had a, if I had a garden, I want to be filling as much miracle grow product on that thing as possible to see fruit, to see something actually happening, to see something going on. That's what's frustrating about the work that we are involved in. There's a lot of seed that's being planted. There's a lot of stuff that's going on underground, and I don't see awesome things happening. I don't see people coming around me and wanting to know more about what's going on. I got to press on in this. And the interesting thing is that the farmers had to, too, and that's what the writer of James is talking about. There's two, two rains that come. There's the early rains that help the crop get going. In March and April, you plant it, and then there's those early spring rains, and then you got to wait for it, wait for it, and then there's the later rains that bring that crop into maturity in late summer, in late summer, bringing it into maturity. I don't like it. I don't want to wait. I want it to be fast. I want it to happen now. Patience is not something that I have naturally, but something that God is working in me. And um, I am having to allow him to do that because it doesn't come natural to me. It's interesting where we live up in Yakville, the ladies have what we call ladies conference every year. They gather around an ancient oak tree that's ugly as sin because it's been built, blown away by lightning strikes over the last centuries. But they are animists, so they worship this tree and they gather around it every spring in March to pray for rain. To pray for rain, that's what they do. They want to go there at this holy spot, so they believe, and start doing songs. And they do it for sometimes four days, five days, eight days, all day long. They're singing. And the idea is like this, in animism, and particularly as we see it with these people singing for eight days in a row. If we do this activity, if we do this action, we can force God's hand to do something good for us. That's basically animism. If we do this activity, this offering, this activity, this prayer, 
then we can force God's hand to do something for us. And the issue with that is, is we don't trust the character of God, so we have to take matters into our own hands. I'm, um, I'm talking to myself here. We don't trust the character of God, so we take matters into our own hands, try to force something with our own exertion. It reminded me of Abraham, you know. God calls him, I'm going to do something great. There's going to be something happening. The baby's going to be born. But he doesn't see it. It's not happening. So what does Abraham do? Takes matters into his own hand, and it's a real disaster. It's a real mess. And it's an, it, that's a warning to us to be patient to what God has spoken, to the timing of the Lord, to waiting for that thing that God wants to do. Don't rush it. Don't worry. Don't force it to happen because bad things can be a result. Just talk to Abraham about that. So in that waiting, in that waiting period, what are we called to do? Verse 8 says we can establish our hearts or strengthen our hearts or stand firm. That we can take courage and strengthen ourselves in the Lord. I believe that's what the writer of James is talking about. He wraps it up in the end and he says that the Lord is a very compassionate and very merciful we have a God whose character is for us. He loves us. We were singing about that this morning. He is for us. He wants the best for us. He is not going to drag us through something just to, you know, laugh and see us squirm and to see us go through a hard time. That's not the character of God, no matter what you've been told. The character of God is so loving and so for us. Yes, it is hard to walk through seasons of suffering, but we can take courage because he does have compassion, and his mercies are new every morning. And we can establish our hearts, strengthen our hearts in that fact, in the character of God. You see, the folks that I live around, they believe that the character of God is vengeful, is nasty, is spiteful, and he's to be feared in a bad way. And so everything that they do, waking up in the morning when I'm going in this first in this house that we had for a little bit, there was no toilet in it. Tibetans, like I said, don't have toilets, so I have to go outside, and and I'd see every morning. There's the the girl going to do her offerings to God, build this huge fire so that the smoke offerings can go up. Why is she doing that every day? Why are they lighting candles at night? Why are they ringing bells? Why are they setting up prayer flags? Because they are so fearful that something bad's going to happen to them and that the character of God's out to get them and that they have to do this to force God's hand to do something for them. So sad that all these activities are actually empty and, and not going to give them anything. So like the farmer, Christians, we must be patient and strengthen our heart. And when we look in this verse 8 here, we can find in both instances our confidence is based on a hope. A hope. The farmer is sure that the rains will fall, and the Christian that the Lord will come, and that the Lord ultimately is good. Waiting with the right attitude is waiting with patience, and that's what we are encouraged with in this passage, to be patient, to hang in there. The Lord will come. The Lord will bring deliverance on his timetable, not ours. Dang it, I wish it was my timetable, but God knows better. And he knows best, so I trust him in that because his character is good. His character is good. Waiting with the right attitude equals patience. But then, as we move on in the scripture this morning, we can find of what's the wrong attitude. 
What's the wrong attitude? The, the right attitude is to absorb going through a difficult and irritating period and to be patient and wait. But our tendency, my tendency, is to actually to grumble rather than live in, in God's compassion and mercy. To grumble. And it says in verse 9, very plainly, Brothers, do not complain about one another so that you will not be judged. Look, the judge stands at the door. You know, we tend to blame others and grumble about our problems. We tend to shift blame, not knowing what's going on. There's anxiety that comes to us, and things aren't turning out how we expected, and we begin to push those feelings forward. Questionings come. Doubts come. And I don't know about you, but that can many times move to grumbling. Why this? Why did it happen this way? Don't, shouldn't it be like this? Sometimes, some, sometimes my prayers are grumbles to God. Can I confess that? Can I confess that? I think I can. The actual word in the original language was groan. You know, it's kind of like it reminds me of what happened in our house around Christmas. Hey, kids, let's gather around. We're going to watch a Christmas movie. It's a wonderful life. Oh, groan, you know, groan. That's that actual word. It's, cr- it's grumbling and grousing. And we do that to God and to others, to sometimes our friends, our, our spouse, when things aren't turning out as we had hoped, when things aren't going the way we had foreseen. But the, in, the interesting thing that we see here in this passage is that uh, he's actually calling us out in a sense. There's a present imperative sense, which may mean a habitual action is actually taking place. So don't keep complaining. Because why? Because that's something that's natural to us. Why do I have to do this again? Why is this coming up? Why is the government doing this? Why is the church doing that? Why is my spouse involved in that thing? Because it's habitual. That's what we're getting called out. Don't complain or blame others of what you're going through. You will be judged. And I was reminded of in the Old Testament where it says in Exodus, in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses. Man, what a bad deal. I felt bad when I was a pastor when two or three people were grumbling, you know. They had the whole community out to get them. You know, you drew us out of that awesome place that we were living, and now we're in this desert, and we're getting, you know, non-gluten-free, non-vegan, whatever stuff, and I don't like it anymore. And they're calling out their leaders. And it did not end well for them, let me say. It did not. Because, honestly, God was providing for them. Maybe not in the way or the, the style that they wanted, but there was provision. And, man, that's something that I really have to mind myself of, is that many times, many times, God is providing for me, but it might not be the provision I foresaw, the thing that I wanted, the way that I saw it going. But, nonetheless, God is providing, as he, and he's saying, this is from me. Will you trust me in it? grouse, but I'm getting better. I trust and I'm falling forward. I'm hopefully being more quick to realize those groans and grumbles when God is providing for me. A lot of times it's I just don't know the final outcome. Don't trust, but I'm encouraging myself and I'm encouraging you this morning to trust in Jesus through that shadow season because as the writer says, the Lord is very compassionate and very merciful. We can trust the character of God going through a difficult season. The central reality for Christians is the personal, unalterable, persevering commitment to God that he makes to us. 
the commitment God makes to us. Perseverance is not a result of our determination. It's a result of God's faithfulness to us. We survive in the way of faith, not because we have extraordinary stamina, but because God is righteous and God sticks with us. Man, that's an awesome thing that I've seen through all the ups and downs that I've been on the journey that I have been on, that I have had faith for this and I thought God was going to do that and it's been all over. But I've seen that God has stuck with me through all my ups and downs, my not wanting to wait, my grumblings, that God in his compassion has stuck with me and given me that encouragement to press on. And that's what we find in the last bit. He says in verse 10, Brothers, take, take the prophets who spoke in the Lord's name as an example of suffering and patience. See, we see and count as blessed those who have endured. And you have heard of Job's, and Job's endurance and have seen the outcome from the Lord. The Lord is very compassionate and gracious. So in the, fa- in the face of suffering, I find that my flesh and the, the, my natural tendencies is to groan, but in our spirit, our spirit's desire is to be steadfast. Does that mean perfect? No. No. If we look at Job's life, even who was mentioned here, he had some ups and downs. He had some ups and downs. He had some grumblings, but yet he fell forward. He, he trusted in God. I don't know what you're doing, God, in all of this. Though he slay me, he said, yet will I trust him. I don't know where this is going, but I am going to trust him. And that's what happened is when we stumble on this journey of standing firm and and being steadfast, which we inevitably will do, that we just say, God, I'm sorry. And we pick ourselves up and we say, give me that strength to move on forward, be restored. The phrase steadfastness of Job is actually rendered the patience of Job uh, as we heard actually in the King James Version, the patience of, of Job. And obviously, it's it, this translation that gives to the rives of the proverbial phrase, the patience of Job. In Job, Job's case, steadfastness meant that even though, he didn't, even though he did complain about God's treatment of him, he never lost his faith. He believed that even though he could not understand all the sufferings and what he was going through, he continued to have hope in him. He continued to have hope in him. The phrase has also been rendered the endurance of Job, the perseverance of Job, the patient endurance of Job. And and that's what I want to encourage us in this morning. I don't know what you're going through. I know my story. There's been ups and downs. There's seasons of this struggle or seasons of that struggle. And I am just asking that for myself and for us this morning that we would stand firm. Does that mean perfect without... uh, without any kind of grumbling or without any kind of, God, I don't understand this. No, but it's just like, God, I want to trust you. Maybe I don't even, I know how to trust you, but I want to this morning because I know that you're a good God. This gives us hope. It gives me hope because when I see that Job, whose you know, life fell apart, but yet he said, I am going to trust you. I'm going to press in and I'm press on in you. That gives me hope because I can be the same way. I can have these ups and downs and I'm just trusting that in my mess, the struggle season that I'm going through, that I can say, God, I want to stand firm in this. I, I, not naturally, not naturally, but I know my spirit wants to. As I look at some of the times that I had to be patient, I think of being a, a parent. Um, and my kids are older now, but when our oldest was a young uh, boy, 
I remember we were out and about. can't remember where we were, but we were going somewhere. And he saw the uh, circle with the A, uh, you know, through it, the anarchy sign. And he's like, Dad, 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 what does that A stand for? He's like five or something. And I said, oh, well, how do you say anarchy to a five-year-old? I said, well, that means that there's no leaders. It's, it's like, I love that. And I'm like, oh, no, oh, no, this is not good. And he really got into it. No leaders, no leaders. I was stretched with that guy because he had this, uh, we called it, you know, some people call it ADD or active, or I just called it leadership development from a young age. It's probably some of you that remember me as a youngster, the same kind of thing. A lot of energy, a lot of ideas all the time, 24-7, all through the night even. And there was this idea where he just always had a different idea. I have an idea, let's go left. Oh, Dad, let's go right. Let's do this. No, I have another idea. And so I was stretched way beyond my limit, way beyond what I thought I could do. Uh, I grumbled, I confessed about it at times. But I wanted my son to see the compassion and the mercy of God through me. I know I could be a physical example of that. Was I perfect? Absolutely not. But I trust and I think through his confession that he did see the compassion and the mercy of God through me. There was times where I really failed. So we live in that tension. We live in that tension, wanting that seed that we can't see under the ground to sprout, but not knowing when it will. When will that thing come into maturity? Um, for my son, who went through leadership process there, it took a long time. I had to be very patient. I'd be very merciful. There were times where I really had to remind myself day in and day out, compassion, Andy, be merciful. Yes, he doesn't want to follow you, but still show that compassion for him. Be patient in the face of suffering to steadfastly press forward in suffering, difficulty, and challenges in the trials of life. We can do that because the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. It's not about pulling up our bootstraps and striving forward. It's about entering into the fullness of the character of God. His compassion, his mercy is what can press us forward as we go through difficult times. As a farmer waits for the harvest and as the prophets persevered amid suffering, so can the church. We must wait for the Lord, and we must do so without grumbling. So too Job, who, according to Job's testament, persevered through personal tragedy and whose later blessings were attributed to his enduring faithfulness. The ultimate resource for perseverance is not, however, personal impetus, like I just shared, but the fact that the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. So as I pray for us, the worship team can come forward, and we can just trust that God's character is good as we go through a season, whatever that might be. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the examples in your word of your character, who you are, that you are compassionate when we go through our ups and downs, and we have our failings, and we have our ramblings and our grousings. Thank you for coming back to us and being merciful. We're here because of that this morning, and we're grateful for it. We need more of it. As Sunday turns into Monday, I'm guessing that there's going to be a new challenge at the doorstep. And so, God, would you, through your abundance, grant us the strength 
and the endurance to go through that season, whatever it may be. How about giving God a hand clap for his servant? Thank you, Andy.
Lord, Jim is about to address you. <laughs> Heads up. <laughs> Hello? Hey, there we go. Thanks, Mark. Thanks for the heads up. Yeah. God knows everything. We give some heads up. Hope you're encouraged today. Yeah. Are you encouraged today? I know I was encouraged. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much, Andy. So appreciate your heart, your transparency in sharing God's word and just, I know, connected with me. Uh, there's one thing you were saying, a lot of things, but one thing you mentioned about uh, the reminder, uh, I forget how you word it, but put God's kingdom first. You take care of his business, he'll take care of your business, right? And uh, whatever season of life we're going through, we have a God that's with us, amen? He's for us, he's not against us. I love the character of God, that grace and that compassion, the mercy. May that speak louder than our circumstances this week. Amen. May the Amen. character of God speak louder than our circumstances. Amen. I want to read from Hebrews 12 as a benediction. Uh, Andy, you'll still be around right after the service. Maybe you want to hang out in the lobby or whatever. You want to come up, just say hi, get to know more, say hi again, or find out more about, uh, you know, maybe hearing how you could be praying specifically or whatever. Uh, feel free to connect with him. But here's a Here's our benediction from Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance. We're just learning about that today, endurance and patience. But let us run with endurance the race that's set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. No matter what we're going through this week, there's an outcome that's even more glorious ahead of us. Amen? Amen. So I just want to pray as we're wrapping up, just a blessing over us as we head out. God, I just thank you, Lord, that even if we're in the valley, the darkest shadow of the valley, God, you say in your word, you promise to be there with us. God, thank you that you are with us, God, Emmanuel. God, thank you that what's ahead of us in you is always better. Even if there's momentary afflictions, God, it says the glory ahead, we can't even comprehend. And God, I pray this week we could go out with our eyes fixed on you. Lord, help us to have the faith, all of us, to put forth doing your business this week, trusting that you'll take care of ours, God. Help us to step out with faith and patience in the midst of suffering that we might glorify you. And God, thank you so much, as we've been reminded so much for your compassion that never ends and your mercy, that's new, every morning. Amen. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. Be blessed. Have a great week. Join us in the Fellowship Paul. Be able to stay around. Thank you.
的。